0: Um podcast presented by Parks Casino and Sportsbook the 1 and 0 Go Birds podcast the podcast that features the man who said that it would be a blowout the man who believed in this team Elliot Shore Parks in my wildest dreams buddy in my wildest dreams that I think I would be talking to you right now after that game at 32 to six and yes the Falcons might be horrible who knows it's just one week but man if they're gonna be good if Jalen Hurts is gonna be good if this thing's gonna work it would have looked like it looked today Elliot how are you buddy
1: am, am I just the smartest beat writer to ever cover this team oh, like am sorry. I just like do you think there'll ever be a time in my life where I'm wrong I oh, know I'm just kidding I'm gonna stop I'm gonna <laughs> stop I'm gonna leave leave stop I'm week? gonna stop I'm gonna stop but no look we talked on the last pod about how leading into this game I was worried because all offseason I've been saying, you know, they'll be good, blah blah blah, and even in my wildest dreams did I never think it would go that well. I mean, 32 to 6. I'm on the pre-game I'm on the pre show with Glenn Mac now before the pod and he goes, "I said my prediction which was 38 to 21." And he goes, "All right, put down the bottle, what's your real prediction?" They, <laughs> They had 32 points. Like, yeah. I mean, look, there's going to be so much to get into with this team. But I, I think where I want to start first is what you said because it, it's true. The Falcons are bad. We know the Falcons are bad. The fa- Like, the Falcons are going to be one of the worst teams in the we- league this year. But I think what this game showed is that the Eagles – are not one of the worst teams in the league. Like, that. the Falcons are what an actually bad team looks like. The Falcons are what a team looks like that doesn't have any, any talent along the lines, that only has Calvin Ridley, right? That Matt Ryan actually thought played well for stretches, but ultimately Matt Ryan's not their guy moving forward. They have no talent on defense. Nobody on defense looked good today. That's what a real bad team looks like. What the Eagles looked like is a team that has a lot of talent, is a team that who knows how many games they'll win, but they're a team that's capable of playing really good football. And we'll see how many times they do it this year. We'll have a preview pod for the Niners. Newsflash, they're going to beat the Niners. But like this is they're – gonna They're going to beat the Niners. They're going to beat the Niners, right? So like the Eagles are a talented team, and that's what you saw today. Who knows where that will lead them? Maybe they won't win the division. Like who knows, right? But they're talented. Nick Sirianni is a good coach, and if Jalen Hurts was a top three pick, if Jalen Hurts was drafted to be the franchise guy, the game he played today might lead Sports Center off, right? Like Jalen Hurts continues to be overlooked because he was a second round pick, and the Eagles played a part in that. The Eagles, you know, said that they draft him to be a backup and all those things. Like all that's true. But you have got—not you—but people have got to stop looking at Jalen Hurts as a second-round pick. Jalen Hurts checks every box you want in a franchise quarterback, and he showed it today. He was sacked one time despite there being pressure. He did an excellent job moving up in the pocket. He made some great throws. That pass to Goddard was really good. Like He checks every single box you want, and people have to start looking at him that way instead of continuing to view him as a backup.
0: Yeah. So, so much in there. And obviously we'll dive into so much with this game and, you know, just on a a basic level, I'm, I'm, I'm just so happy, you know, it's such a, uh, you know, your week is made when this happens, but to the point you made before, I mean, look, if, and again, uh, to your point, this is a bad Falcons team. They were a mess, but the Eagles handled them. It wasn't like, oh, they scraped by a bad Falcons team. They dominated that football game. They had two fourth down conversions they missed. Like, it could have easily been worse. Once the defense tightened up after the first couple drives, like, it could have gone really bad. And it was a a dominant showing. And and I don't know, I I tweeted this, but I, I honestly feel like, considering Jalen Hurts' experience level, his age, he's 23 years old, it's unbelievable considering that, considering how little he has played in the NFL. What we saw out there today, like, I don't know how you could not be ecstatic about this guy, how you could not be so excited to see what his future holds and what he could do for this team. Like, yes, the Falcons stink. Could it just be a bad defense and all that? Sure. But what I saw is a guy who carried himself the right way, wasn't at all, all, scared of the moment, or not big enough for the moment. A guy who has all the physical abilities you can want. Yeah, did he underthrow a few throws? Sure, but he was poised. He has a great instinct for when the rush is coming. He has complete and total command out there, and he made some high-level throws, man. Like, that touchdown to Goddard, you were at the game, so you didn't hear it, but all the announcers did, and it was a great catch, but all the announcers did was gush about the Dallas Goddard catch. And I'm like, what are you talking about? The throw was a thousand times better. Like, what a throw to feel the rush and pull out to the right like that and fire that ball into that hole there. Like, man, I, I was so impressed, Elliot. I was so impressed. I'm so, you and I were both in on him. And as the season came closer, I even, you weren't on the show on Saturday, Go Birds, but the whole show was about how, like, I think he's going to be a star. Like, I'm in on this guy, and, and there's a long way to go but everything you could possibly want to see from him today you saw and hey by the way you know who else looked pretty damn good Nick Sirianni the play caller yeah. Nick Sirianni the game manager like the biggest issue the penalties will get to all that stuff they were definitely not as tight and and as as you know oiled machine as you want it to be but man I thought Sirianni had a great day too Elliot I, I don't know how you could be anything but incredibly and excited and encouraged. We don't know where this season's going to go, but, like, what a start, man. There is real hope here.
1: Yeah, and before we get into more, like, the specifics, one last kind of big picture thing I'll say is so I'm, I'm walking out of Mercedes-Benz Stadium today, and I'm thinking, you know, like, this is the first time in a while the Eagles have blown anybody out. So I'm waiting for my lift. I take out my phone. I'm looking at, like, past scores from the past few years. The Eagles haven't won a game, by this much of a margin. Was it since since
0: 2017?
1: Yeah, the the championship game. Get out of here, Against the Vikings. And then earlier that year, they beat.
0: Yeah, the Broncos
1: and the Cardinals. They had a bunch of those that year. But
0: that's wild, Elliot.
1: But but to me, what it really highlighted is like, even, and look, we've been doing this pod together, you know, for just me and you for a year and then longer than that as well. Like so many times we would do the post-game pod and it would be like, all right, so they beat the Cowboys, but Carson Wentz had four turnovers. So, yeah. like, that's not great. Or, like, you know, they beat the Packers, but, you know, the passing game was bad and the defense struggled and Darius Slay was – like, this was an actual dominating performance. Yeah. and. Yeah. And again, and I feel like we're going to say it a thousand times and I almost want to put a stop to us can just saying the Falcons are bad cuz we all understand that. But like the Eagles have played bad teams over the last 3 years. Like the Falcons are bad, but they're not like historically bad. Like the Eagles have played teams over the past 3 years that are just as bad if not worse than the Falcons. And they didn't do this to them, right? Like they didn't come point. out they didn't come out and drive right down the field for a touchdown. Like I guarantee you, if the Falcons did what they did on the first two drives at, over these last few years on defense or on uh, yeah, like if their offense did that against Eagles defense, there's no way the Eagles only held, hold them to six points. Like the, we've seen the start of this game before. Like we've seen them go right down the field. We, we've seen what that looks like and it always ends up ugly for this team. It does. And one, one last thing too actually, because I know I started taking you know a bit of a bit of a victory lap, right? But I'll put my hand up and say I was wrong about something, which is I did not give Doug Peterson enough blame for last year. Me too. Flat out. Flat out. Me too, man. How much
0: more creative, how much more invested was this team today? So true, man.
1: Right, and like you're seeing it was just I mean Nick Sirianni started this game out and it was clear that he had an absolute purpose of what he wanted to do. Like th- we've seen the Eagles team routinely fall behind 21 to 10, 21 to 7, like 17 3, right? Like all the time that's what they do. And they you know they were they're up 7-6, so it wasn't like they jumped out to a huge lead, but at least it looks like they they had a purpose on offense. Like as if they went into the week and said, "This is where we think our strengths are and this is what we can do," right? The screen plays to uh Quez Watkins. The touchdown pass to Devontae Smith, uh, Jalen Hurts and Devonte Smith talked about it afterwards and said the play call was perfect because they got the coverage they wanted. And Devontae said as soon as they saw the coverage, they knew it was a touchdown. Right? Like, <laughs> those things just last year with Doug, they did not happen. And, yeah. look, Carson lost today. Carson, I maintain deserves a lot of the blame, but I definitely didn't put enough blame on Doug last year. And I think Sirianni today showed that, Doug did not do a good job last year, like, flat out.
0: Yeah, I think it's a great point from both the play-calling perspective, but also, like, think about it this way, just just bringing it to now. I mean, we saw two teams playing for first-time head coaches today, and one team had no fight, no answers, no nothing, and the other team just kept coming. And, like, yeah. especially, and you saw it at the end, when, like, seeing the way the defensive line closed that game out with especially the interior guys just dominating, hardgrave Ridgeway, like, just... Pressure, 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 and just closing that game out. I mean, those guys were fighting for Sirianni. They were fighting for each other, and and you know, I say that all the time. I think more than any other sport we talk about in, in America, you know, like that that wanting it more, caring more, fighting for your guys, fighting for your coach, all that stuff matters the most in this sport. And uh, we've only got one game on the Nick Sirianni era, but his first game, his dudes went out and fought for him, and they played other than the penalties, tight well-played football with a lot of good play designs, a lot of good execution, outstanding quarterback play. And, and hey, you know what? A defense that after two drives, we all were sitting here going like, well, Jalen looks great, the offense looks great, but who knew? The defense is going to be our Achilles heel, and then they don't allow any more points the rest of the game, Elliot. And also, yeah. to your point, made two big stops earlier to keep those to field goals when it felt like it was knife through butter for Matt Ryan in that offense, especially the running game. So, man, just credit all around for how they handled this game, especially a young, inexperienced coaching staff in their first experience like this. No big gaffes, no big mistakes, no, you know, what the, you know, earmuffs, what the fuck moments, you know? Yeah. I I just, Elliot, I don't, Again, to your point, yes, the Falcons are bad, but they beat the shit out of the Falcons. Like, they handled them, and it could have been worse on both sides of the ball, and we saw flashes of exciting stuff from Hurts. Devontae, you mentioned, I mean, we'll get to him more, but but just the, the dude gets open. Like, he just knows how to get open, and he's clearly yeah. just got a, a, a energy to him. And, and Quez, they go too early and then disappear, but that's a, a weapon, I think, still. Rager flashes, like... Dallas Goddard with some serious flashing today. Like, I, I've, I feel because we always felt good about the talent on the defensive side of the ball. I think the big takeaway from today is they could score points.
1: Yeah. Well, and look, like to what you just said about how, look, well, I thought Arthur Smith, like, coached a bad game. Like there were a lot of decisions I thought he made that weren't uh the right ones. There was a lot of plate calls on key downs that I thought were bad. Like when are they going to learn rolling Matt Ryan out doesn't work? Like like this, they they totally. do that they And also they, how about
0: running the ball with like 8 minutes left, 6 minutes left, they're like down two touchdowns and they're just like plodding along.
1: Or when he punted down 22 to 6. Oh I know they were God. on like Horrific. their own 30, but Horrific. like So So, but regardless, to what you said about how the Eagles had more life than the Falcons, that definitely came across, like, in person, and it sounds like it did uh, on the TV as well. Being in the stadium, when they came out for halftime, I I mean, I tweeted this, like, the Falcons had no life. The Falcons had no desire in competing in that game. Like, they were waiting for the Eagles to deal them the knockout blow. And it did take, like, probably eight or nine minutes longer than it should have. I thought the Eagles had a chance to put the game away for, like, a four or five-minute stretch, and they didn't do it. But the Falcons had no life. And... This is what I saw in the joint training camp practices. Like, and it sounded silly at the time, but I, it ended up meaning even more than I thought. Like, when they went against the Jets, they were the far more competitive and animated team, like high fiving each other, like running around when they celebrated, like all those things. When they did it against the Patriots, they were the same way. Like, I've seen the Eagles go against three teams now I've seen them go against the Jets, the Patriots, and the Falcons. Maybe those teams won't be playoff teams. The Falcons and the Jets certainly won't be. The Patriots, I saw they were winning earlier, but who knows? Like, But what I do know is I've seen them against three teams, and they have been the more talented team. They've been the more impressive team, and they've been a better overall team in terms of continuity. And I think that all goes back. Like The talent is Howie, but the last two, those go to Nick Sirianni. Like Nick Sirianni is a good football coach. We'll see how far that takes him. But he is a good football coach that knows how to build culture. And there's been points on this pod where we've both done it, right? Like the Harry High School thing and, like, you know, how I animate, like all that stuff. It works. Like, it works. We saw it today. The Eagles wanted to win that game. The Falcons had no interest once things got tough. And that's going to matter later in the year.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm so with you, man. And especially, like, we've talked so much about how much, you know, obviously I think a lot of people were, were not in the – uh you know, minority here. We're definitely in the majority, but a lot of people after those early impressions have. have changed and and we're really excited about Sirianni and what he could offer and and I think your point like especially with how look how positive and encouraging I thought a sign we saw as a, from a play caller today like that was the biggest question mark like I believed that this other stuff would happen and it was just confirmed today and I wasn't there at those practices and I you know hand up for not recognizing it sooner but you know like that I believe in that stuff so much I mean I think it's a, yeah. it's a massive reason the Eagles won the Super Bowl, like the twenty. Well, you're a big team, above team,
1: the head guy too. and always like You always, always point out goes, with quarterbacks, but it matters, you know, in other positions as well. And
0: what, yeah, when you're going out to play a sport like this, that is so brutal and so violent and such a war of attrition, and you lose guys and you got to go with next man up, and it's like this this real battle to to get through a season. I think when you're playing for the guys out there, when you're. Fighting for your coaches and your teammates like that matters. Like I really do as as a motivational thing. Like again, it it takes a lot to take the beating these guys take over the course of a season. You know, to to get back up and to go to practice and to your whole body hurts and you you know you're done a game and you can barely move and all this type of stuff and then to keep fighting like you need that extra big you know you need that extra five percent that extra seven percent that extra ten percent whatever it is and i do think that when you have a tight-knit team a tight-knit group that that can be that extra bit that makes a, a, a six-win team, a nine-win team, or a, a nine-win team, a 12-win team, or whatever it is, or, or over the hump. Or a, a
1: fourth-place team, the NFC champion Into champions. a first-place yeah. team, yeah. Into and the by NFC's the way, the champions.
0: Giants are losing by 13 right now, so there's a very good <laughs> yeah. chance that that tomorrow <laughs> we'll we do talk that. about yeah. the, the first-place Eagles alone in first place. But also, back to Sirianni real quick, I think the most impressive part of this, from a, just a macro perspective, drink, um, is that the fact that the the group of guys he's doing it with right in the sense that this is a team that has a real mix of like veterans who've won super bowls who've been the dude you know and young players inexperienced guys guys who still have to prove it and to be able to fuse all that with a with a brand new coach who's never been a head coach before and all these type of things like Again, long way to go. It's one game, but I'm incredibly encouraged, Elliot, with what I saw from that perspective today. What Nick Sirianni's been able to build so far is, you know, in a short period of time, in a COVID off season, yeah. and all this stuff is like super impressed right now.
1: Yeah, and and I'll like and the last thing I'll say too about us continually saying like it's just the Falcons, and I'm not rubbing this in at all. But like you thought they'd lose, like a lot of they were underdogs, right? So yep, like they were underdogs. You know, so I don't know if you can. I don't know if it's fair for people to say before the game, like, oh, well, they're underdogs. And after the game, like, well, it's just the Falcons. You know, like, if, like so I think that, again, we, we can all take this in a proper perspective of, like, what it is. But I, I don't think if you're someone that's already cynical about the Eagles and, you know, you're not as cynical as other people. But, like, if, if you're somebody who does not think the team's going to be good, then your rebuttal to this, it, like when Mad Mike calls the show on Saturday, our good friend <laughs> Mad Mike, right? He's going to say, oh, it's the Falcons. And blah." like, all right, we'll see. But, you know, then why'd you pick him to lose to the Falcons before? Like, you can't have it on both sides. So it'll be interesting to find out.
0: Yeah, I'm um, I'm really excited, and I think the San Francisco won a, a really good test. You know, San Francisco let up a little bit, only end up winning by eight, but they dominated Detroit today. They were definitely the better team. Some injuries coming in; most are getting hurt. We'll see where he's at. So that that's going to be interesting. But uh, a nice litmus test after you know what is this team after that first game. But uh, it's a great point. Look, the the Falcons might end up being one of the worst teams in football again. And you know, we look back on this win after a season where it's not what we hope it is, but. All they could do is play where they're supposed to play, and in week one with a, a new coach facing a, another new coach, they throttled them. Like, they they, yeah. they beat the crap out of them. So, like, I don't know. You know, and again, yes, things can happen in week one, and everything can change. We talked about, like, no one knowing what Nick Serrion is going to do. That's an advantage. All this stuff, like, that'll change. People will have tape on stuff, all that, but... I mean, from what we saw from a culture perspective, from a teamwork perspective, and from a talent perspective, especially Jalen Hurts, like, and, and just the way Sirianni controlled the game and the, the play calling and the, the feeling for when to run and when to throw and all this stuff, like, to, the, to going back to the beginning of the pod, I think we can definitely say, like, they're not going to be a dumpster fire again. They're not going to be a four win team. Like, all the people were saying, like, they're going to win four, they're going to win three, they're going to win five, they're going to be one of the worst teams in football. That ain't happening. That no. ain't happening. Like, they, they're, again, you know, anything can happen with injuries and things can go wrong and all that. But, like, based on what we saw today, if, if guys stay healthy, if, if they can stay together, like, they're not going to be one of the worst teams in football, no question. And they do have a chance to be better than people expected, especially because of Hurts, man. Like, Jalen Hurts has a chance to be so much better than anyone expected. Like, he's yeah. 23 years old, dude. Like, I was so impressed with this guy today. Like, the way he carries himself, the the field vision, the, uh, again, his ability to feel the rush, to instinctively feel the rush and be able to take off in his athleticism, the ability to run, when to run. Like, man, Elliot, I, again, I know I said it before, but I don't know how you could come away from this. Again, taking the context of everything, not being incredibly impressed with Jalen Hurts,
1: yeah. I mean, it's almost like he's dominated the highest level of college football, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: almost like he's talented. Well, actually, let me let me throw two Hurts thoughts at you because I was thinking this during the game. I'm gonna give you one deep Hurts thought and one ridiculous Hurts thought, okay? Okay, uh, which do you want first?
1: I mean, obviously, the ridiculous one,
0: okay? So, the ridiculous one. You've heard so much about the jersey numbers and how, like, you know, Tom Brady, how hard it is and this and that. Do you think there is, even if it's, like, 1% or 2%, do you think someone like Hurts, and obviously this would apply to other young quarterbacks, have any sort of advantage because they're more used to the jersey numbers from college football?
1: First of all, I love where your head's at. Like, Thank you. Without question. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and I'll also say it's a point that I've heard nobody else make, and I Thank think you. it's actually a great one. So, <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I'm, I don't know rushing. if he has a great advantage, but, like, yeah, for sure. Even if it's, like, like
0: 1%, right? over Yeah, he's, like, used to is so used to Exactly. All right, cool. I'm happy it wasn't as ridiculous as I thought. Now, here's the deep one, and it's kind of what we are talking about before, but but just to contextualize it more, like, the dichotomy of, of what Jalen Hurts is facing this season, the idea of, like, a guy who is getting the opportunity to be the, the starting quarterback of – the Philadelphia Eagles, a massive team. Like it is such a great opportunity for this guy, but it is also a situation where he is coming in with his career in a lot of ways on the line this season, right? Because yeah. he is even though he's twenty three years old, Elliot, even though yeah, in a we've talked about world, this yeah, like sure. he would have time to grow, time to learn, time to get reps, but like he's got a year. He's got less than year. who knows what it is like this team has been openly lusting for other quarterbacks and it's such a dichotomy for this guy to to be that age and yet have this much pressure to win not just for this job but his career and to to have him come out and just be so cool so calm collected I just think we have to remember that context because in a perfect world he's shown enough at the age of 23 where like like he should get a chance, and I don't know if he has the chance that that it. To your point before, Elliot, if he were Trey Lance and he were the third pick in the draft, he'd have a much longer leash.
1: Yeah, so I have two thoughts off of that. First is I think one thing the Carson Wentz era taught me is it's just incredibly pointless to try to predict if he if he can be the guy for the next five years. Like it just because right, one injury can change. Yeah, it, no. Or one, so I or would
0: one whatever. Yeah, exactly.
1: Right, yeah. but what I do know is like. Jalen Hurts being their quarterback is going to give them a good chance to win next week because of what he can do, right? So, like, that's where I think ultimately we kind of, and I understand our job is to analyze, and I do it a lot too, where, like, can he be the guy for the future? Like, that'll be a debate, and it's an interesting one. But at the same time, like, we just saw that trying to project four or five years down the line is basically impossible. So, and the Eagles have not had many good games from quarterbacks over the last year, so, like... I would my advice to fans would just be just appreciate this one and not try to like talk yourself into whether he can be the guy for five years because who knows. But the second thing to what you said about his career being on the line, we talked about that a lot this off season. But I think what I didn't pick up on enough was all these times we're talking about like you know are they committed to Jalen Hurts? Is he the guy? Will he be the guy beyond this year? Will they move on from him? Like I think Sirianni actually felt a lot of that. Like uh, one thing the players said after the game today was. Uh, Sirianni gave a speech on Saturday night and got, like, emotional and talked about, like, family and those type of things. And after the game, he was asked about it. And you didn't want to tell what the story was, but Brandon Graham, I think, might have let the bean slip a little and said how Sirianni brings up a lot about how he was ripped for his initial press conference, right? Oh, wow. And I-, I think that, like, Sirianni is going into this year with an equally-sized chip on his shoulders, Jalen Hurts. Like, because if Jalen Hurts fails this year – He's not going to get another chance. That's just a sad reality of the NFL. Yeah, unless it's like a backup, and then maybe yeah. He gets a well, he'll be in the league. Right. right,
0: exactly. The point is not get another chance as the starting guy unless he like someone gets hurt and he does great.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I think Sirianni's in that same boat. Like if Sirianni fails this year he's probably not getting another head coaching job. He was not hired as a high-quality candidate. And, look, he outcoached Arthur Arthur Smith, who was. So, like, maybe this is Doug 2.0 when Doug was ranked as the worst hire and then he won the Super you know, all those things. But, like, Sirianni doesn't get multiple chances in the NFL. Like, that's just not the reality of the NFL world. So I think one thing I didn't take into account is, like, I think Sirianni's coming into the season with an attitude, and now his players as well, of, like, you like you guys laughed at me all off season, right? Like I was a national, I was mocked nationally for my introductory press conference, and now I'm here to show you that's not who I am. And I we'll see this. if it holds up. But uh, I really think that that's his attitude. I love this, Elliot. Yeah. And you know, I'm a big motivation guy. I, yeah, you know, I'm seventeen.
0: I love the underdog stuff. Like I, I, anything again to the point i was making before, for for a sport like this with that's so tough to to make it through a season and to survive and to, to have the fight and to want and all that, like any little thing you can have, any little motivational tactic, I think is fantastic. And it makes sense, right? With a guy like Sirianni, who is, you know, one of the, the core things that we know about him is that he's incredibly competitive in every possible way. And for someone like that, like, if you're competitive and you are looked at like the way he was looked at, especially nationally after this thing, like of course you're going to want to go out and shove it in everyone's faces. Like, of course, Yeah. if if I weren't competitive, I'd want to do that. If I'm a competitive maniac, I want to like do it 10 times over. So I think that's a really, cool point and i'm really happy you brought that up i didn't know that he mentioned that uh, that's like a that's a really cool thing to point out because i do think that 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 matters and there is a motivational thing and back to hurts for one more thing and then i want to uh, you know fire some 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 uh specific yeah let's get into some at specifics yep, yeah yep. but uh, last thing with hurts too just to the point i was making with dichotomy i, I want to just emphasize again like you know to have your career on the line in the way he does with the experience level he has and the situation he's in at the age he's in at 23 like it is remarkable to be yeah. 23 years old and have that kind of pressure and that kind of, you know, weight on you, and and obviously we'll find out where it goes, but so far so good, but, you know, that's a lot, man. At 23, man, I'm about to turn 40 in a couple of weeks, and, like, I can't imagine having that on my shoulders at my age, so...
1: You know, dude, my, my brother's, I think, twenty. <laughs> like I yeah. just can't imagine it's, him like it's going insane. up to the podium after this yeah, game. I remember yeah. when I was
0: twenty-three. <laughs> like I remember what an asshole I was. Like I remember. So it, yeah. it's 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 pretty impressive. All right. Um let's let's uh run through some things quickly. Let's start with the running backs. I thought Miles Sanders, a, a really nice game, nice usage, Kenny Gamewell, some nice moments, obviously the touchdown. Um and Boston Scott. Did he play? Elliot, what were your thoughts on I don't think the he whole, did. Yeah, yeah. What were your thoughts on the whole running back thing and and obviously um, you know, how Miles looked, but also Gainwell over Boston, essentially?
1: Well, I think it's pretty clear that Gainwell is going to touch the ball a ton. Like my advice, and I imagine this has already happened, but if you're in a fantasy league, like pick yep. pick up, pick up Kenny Gainwell, right? Yep. So he's gonna get ten to fifteen touches, and then if Miles were to get hurt, he's gonna get even more. Like they clearly already trust him a ton. He had the touchdown today. I mean, in you know he he looked great like there were honestly plays where i was just watching and they wear different numbers and i'm used so I, I know who it was but i do think they look like a little similar like there's not a huge difference in how they run in my opinion um i thought that the fact they used kenny Gainwell on that fourth down was a mistake i wouldn't have used him there Andre Elliot
0: Elliot Hundred, like you should have used Miles there. Like I, right. I, I probably would have taken the points there, and obviously an in hindsight it didn't matter at all. I, I, I think I would have taken the points, but I was not mad at all with the decision to go. I love the aggressiveness, and it made sense, but I wouldn't have given the ball to
1: Gamel there. I'm so with you. So I don't want to get on a tangent, but I actually disagree with you on the fourth down thing. Well, so, again, yeah,
0: I don't feel strongly about it. Like, you could easily convince me. I, in my gu- I just got to be real and say my gut instinct was kick the field goal. But, like, as I thought about it, I was like, you know what? I'm not mad about this, whatever, however it plays out. But my yeah. gut instinct was was kick, take the points. But I, I'm not mad at it. I, we, I'm I, definitely not debating it.
1: I do think that leaning aggressive is always the right move. Like, if you're on the fence, then just go for it. But I also think as a football society, we've gotten a little out of control. Like, literally, whenever a coach goes for and fourth down, now the reaction is, oh, smart move. Like, that's what you should do. Like, let's take a step back. Like, there's still benefits to taking points. You know, like, yeah. I agree you want to yeah. go for it, and I agree all those things, but, like, that doesn't mean you're, like, a coward every time you kick inside the 40. Like, totally. you know, there, I, I still think that that should be reined oh, in a so you
0: a agree bit, with so. me. So you thought he should have taken the
1: points there. I get confused. Yeah, yeah, there. I do. Okay, yeah. okay, me yeah. too.
0: Yeah, I thought he sh- I was, again, not angry, but I would have taken the points if it were me.
1: Yeah, so I agree with you. Um on the running backs, like I think this is what we're going to see all season and this is maybe a discussion for a midweek pod, but I'd be interested to know how Miles Sanders feels about, like truly feels about the fact that in a contract year, he it looks like he's going to get, you know, a, like his touches cut into. Like and Miles is, seems to be a good teammate whenever I've interacted with him, he's a good guy. So who knows how he feels, but I know when I saw Gainwell score that touchdown, my initial thought was, yikes, like Miles probably wanted that touchdown. Like Miles needs it more Sure, at this point, but you know? to be so, fair,
0: he I mean, Miles had 19 touches and, and one more target than that, like essentially 20 times the ball was trying to get in his way. I mean, that's, that's what the NFL is and that's the position I, yeah, I agree. too, I'm you just... know? But I, I do, look, I, I think anyone in that position is going to look at the other guy and be like, yo bro, back off. That's my. Yeah, picture. well, especially in the
1: situation he's in, like he's in a contract here. So, yeah. um, yeah, so I... uh. I, but overall, like, obviously the running backs looked great, right? I mean, they, they, they ran the ball well. Like, I thought Miles, like, really did a great job making making people miss for stretches at times. Like, he had the long run to start the third. There was a play later on where I thought, you know, I or a couple plays later on where I thought he really did a great job kind of making something out of nothing. So, yeah, like... No complaints about the running backs. And then yeah. Gainwell, obviously, to do what he did as a rookie in his first game. I think that just – I mean, look how he drafted him in the fifth round. So, no, it's a steal. you
0: know I love that – dude, I, you know me in this draft. I'm a Devontae guy, at Dickerson You are. Guy, yeah, Gainwell you're a guy like, you know, I, I am. Um, but I, I think you make great points. And also, obviously, shout out to the the O-line, which, you know, we talked about being great coming in. And, you know, I think there were a couple moments in pass protection. Obviously, the Grady Jar play a couple times where Jalen was under pressure. But – for the most part, and and particularly in the running game, like they were awesome, and and Jason Kelsey, a couple of those wow blocks, the one where he was like running downfield and took out two dudes, like was was just awesome to see it. You know, he still well, got the other, it. still got yeah. it. You know, yeah. Well, the other interesting
1: yeah. thing about the uh, offensive line is, or just like the team in general. If you, c- I think there's an argument to be made for this game. Like everything went went right, so you know they won't do this every week. But inter- interestingly enough, I actually thought like. The veteran offensive linemen, like, they played well, but I think they could all play better. Like, Brandon Brooks allowed a very obvious pressure, which yeah. he does not do very often. My
0: like, was amazing.
1: My was super good, but, like, Isaac Samalu had a few yeah. penalties he doesn't yeah. do often. You're Lane right. Johnson had a penalty. Right. like Way those too are many penalties. Could be... Way too many penalties. Yeah, and, and the interesting thing is the guys that committed the penalties were, like, veterans. Yeah. So, like, you would think those would be things you could clean up. So. It's a great point.
0: It's a great point. All right. Um, on to the the receiving game. We'll get to the tight ends in a sec, but obviously, you know, Devontae flash, I mean, doesn't get much cooler than a than a touchdown on your first NFL catch. Yeah. Uh Quez Watkins, it looks like it's gonna be the Quez Watkins game, and then we don't see him again, which is weird. And uh Rager obviously flashed with the touchdown. What do you think? And and JJ, by the way, on the field a lot. Certainly a lot of blocking from mm-hmm. JJ, not targeted much, but on the field. What were your takeaways from the uh, receiving game, so to speak, today?
1: Well, I think like sooner or later they're gonna have to throw it at D- JJ because otherwise everyone's just gonna know he's in their <laughs> <know. to> block. <laughs> yes, like I know, so they're gonna have to do that. <laughs> but um, so I was on the post game show with uh, for ninety four VIP with Rob Cher- with uh, Rob Cherry and Rob Ellis or not Rob Cherry, well, whoever. I was on the post game show. Yeah, I
0: think and, it's Rob
1: Cherry, right? Well, I think it was actually Dan Klecko today, but uh, Rob yeah, yeah, yeah. Cherry is on it sometimes. Um, so they asked me about Devontae. And, like, the first thing that I said, and I think it sounds so simple but it's so true, is, like, he just did the things that receivers are supposed to do. Like, the first touchdown he caught, like, it was an easy catch, but he caught it. Like, he got open. He made the catch he was supposed to. Like, after seeing some of the poor receiver play that, you know, we've seen over the past few years, like, it just stood out to me how good quality he looked. Like yeah. there were no really bad moments. Like he was he, he was as open. advertised. He gets he was like that big third
0: down conversion towards uh in the second half. Like really his only second half catch. He obviously had the big first half. I think he had two catches in the second half, but but one of those two is that big third down conversion where it was like third and nine or third and eleven or whatever and he just he just found a hole. He just got open and made a big yeah. play. And it's like I'm with you, man. And it's just – it's so exciting to have someone who you feel at that position has a chance to be a superstar. And I think yep. he's going to be a superstar. But it's something that is really rare for us as Eagles fans. It's, I mean, T.O., you know, we really – you know, we've had really good players. Like, Deshaun was a great player. Macklin was a you know very good player. Alshon, obviously. You know, but, like, Aguilar had that great year. But, like, not like superstars. Not like, yep. you know – Top guys in their position. It feels like Smith has a chance at that. Uh, tight ends. Obviously, Ertz missed some time. Had a, had a couple nice catches. Uh, Jalen underthrew him on that one. They got away with it. But um, Goddard, man, flashed. Obviously, the touchdown, yeah. but I had a couple really nice plays. I hate to stop reaching for the end zone, you moron. Like, it's the worst spot you can reach because if it goes out the back of the end zone, it's their ball. But on the whole, I thought a, a, a nice game from those guys.
1: So it's funny. I didn't actually notice that, that's a good point. I Just like watching a live, I didn't notice it, but oh I will my say... God.
0: I was losing my mind.
1: Like, really good job by him, though, to get out of bounds, too, Yes, though. yes. Like, and the to carry his momentum. save them a timeout. It was huge. It was um,
0: huge. Yeah I, don't, yeah, I don't know if they end up scoring without it.
1: Um, Early in the pod, you talked about how the announcers kind of focus so much on him, and it, the focus should have been on Hurts, and that's probably true, but... And we both agree, like, still a great catch. Like, great catch great by catch, him. Great catch, yeah. yeah.
0: I, I didn't, when I said that, I definitely was not trying to diminish how great no, catch know, it yeah. was. It was just, if you had heard it, and anyone who was watching the broadcast who's listening will know what I'm talking about, like, they just gushed and gushed and gushed about the catch. And I was like, what about that throw, <laughs>
1: man? That throw yeah, the throw was, was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean the throw to Ertz, like the one thing they did a lot in training camp was they tried to hit Ertz down the field on a place just like that, and they had it and it worked, and it was just a bad throw from Hertz, like flat out. So yep. um, yeah, super positive from the tight ends. And, you know, just overall, like this is a debate we've had the offseason, and we'll see where we ultimately land on it. But like this idea that the Eagles like failed Carson, like they invested a lot of high level picks into skill position players and You know, it was clearly like we said earlier in the pod, like Doug played a part in that and all that. But like you could see how like things could change very quickly with this. And it doesn't change in one week. But Kenny Gainwell, Miles Sanders, Jalen Rager, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, like those five players right there were all, you know, Gainwell wasn't. But like all high picks, all guys that they've invested in and they all have potential. And it's just one game, blah, blah, blah. But like you could see how quickly the narrative about this team not having young skill position players could change.
0: All right. uh, The defense. Uh, Just in general, obviously, you know, we've talked about the narrative with the defense where they struggled early, you know, locked down for some big plays, but then really, really a fantastic game from there forward. And really, you know, um, tightened up when they needed to, made some big plays and really shut Atlanta down from there forward, like completely, you know, Calvin Ridley at first drive, you're like, oh my God, this guy's going to have a thousand yards receiving today. And, and he was like done, you know, so um adjustments, all that good stuff. Who stood out to you and, and what did you
1: see from the day? So the defense is one area where I'm not like leaving the stadium feeling good about it and like props to him, six points, all those things. Like they had a good game. But I do think that's one area where you have to look and go, like I don't Some know, question man. marks. Like yeah, like no. the Falcons are super bad on offense, yeah. and you know Ryan actually, ironically, died. I actually like he thought I thought he did a better job than I expected of avoiding pressure. I thought he could have been sacked a lot more, but I thought Arthur Smith just called like a really bad game. Like I thought there were just lots of times where he blew it, and there were also lots of times where the Falcons. I mean, they had 144 yards and six points. Like, that's almost impossible to do. And then they had, uh, later in the game, like, they, you know, they're, they're down close to the goal line and they get penalties and penalties and all those things. So, like, I, I, I think there's positives about the defense. Like, the defensive line was dominant. That's what we talked about in the preseason. That's what they have to do to win. Like... Ultimately, Calvin Ridley didn't end up hurting them that much. And I, I'd have to go back and see like who followed him on what snap. But it's hard for me to say Darius Slayer, Steven Nelson didn't play well when Calvin Ridley didn't do much. Like, Cal Pitts didn't do much. Like, all those things are true. The run defense was really bad. But I left the stadium feeling like, okay, Sirianni and Jalen Hurts are legit. I don't think I felt that same way about the defense, and I think if they play the exact same game they did today against the Niners, like, they're probably giving up close to 30 points.
0: Yeah, 100% with you. There, there are concerns, there are, you know, issues, and those first two drives were obviously terrifying. But, but, you know, there still is talent on Atlanta, I do think it was a bad call game and so but the Eagles still did after two horrible drives where their defense was on the field for, you know, well, like three quarters of the first, you know, you know, first half and plus the game, you know, like I, for them to bear down and make plays and not give up much and, you know, kind of tighten up in the run game. I I think, you know, credit where due I'm with you. I have concerns. I'm not sure we'll, we'll see where they go, especially in the run game moving forward. But You know, it's not like Atlanta has no talent on offense. The line wasn't great, but they they have some talented guys, and they were shut down after early stuff. So I I do like what we saw from an adjustment perspective and all that. But I agree. I wouldn't have thought it, but definitely 100% Elliott coming out of game one. I am way more concerned about the defense than the offense, which is a a shocker. All right, a couple last things uh, before we get out of here. Um,
1: um, Carson Wentz, tracker, still stinks. (laughs) Dude. Oh my god. Good. Like it, yes. it's so it's so funny to see some of the tweets coming out of in Indianapolis. And if you don't think like if you're one of those people it's like who cares about talking about Carson? Sorry. We're going to talk about him literally every single week. So Oh yeah, just, uh, yeah.
0: dude, uh, that was the 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 Carson Ones Tracker will be here every week. So yes. get ready for it. And still stinks Owen 1 Colts. Uh, tied well, for the first pick in the first round. Assuming he plays the game as a
1: right. potentially game. tied soon for the Mi- with the Miami Dolphins, who the oh, Eagles also yeah, buddy. Own.
0: Yes. But, um, uh, yeah, buddy.
1: My favorite tweet I saw. Two favorite tweets I saw come out of the Colts game. One was someone said, "I haven't seen the Colts offensive line play this bad in year and I'm, <laughs> in years." Wonder why? Yeah, I'm thinking. Hmm, I wonder why that is. We'll, we'll um, get
0: at, you know, I don't know nothing. And obviously.
1: Else. Obviously, Jalen is better in the pocket and more mobile and all those things, but it was pretty funny to see that tweet where, like, Carson's just once again holding onto the ball and all those things. And then Jalen, I think, like I said, got sacked one time all game. So, that – and then I didn't see Carson's fumble yet, but the fumble – the tweet I saw about it was – You
0: sent me the tweet, which was yeah,
1: It's like – it was pretty impressive he fumbled on a quarterback sneak without getting touched. It's just like – after five years, he is who he is. The Colts aren't going to be good. The Eagles are going to be better than the Colts this year. I've said
0: yeah, that. Like, I, I'm 100% with you on this. Like, lie yeah. in. Um, so. All right. Um, uh, we'll obviously get into more of this stuff, like some more deep dive specific stuff. Um, you know, our next pod this week, we'll, we'll dive into some of, you know, Quez returning kicks, regular returning puns, whether we like all, you know, all the kind of specific stuff. But last thing for me, Elliot, I might be jumping the gun, but... There are, as we finish this recording, two minutes and fifty-five seconds left in the fourth quarter, and the Denver Broncos are winning twenty-seven to twenty. Excuse me, twenty-seven to seven. Excuse mm. me, against mm. New York Giants. Elliot Shore Parks. I feel very confident in saying, the one and zero Eagles are alone in first place
1: in the NFC East. Well, James, we're wrapping up the first. Oh, buddy.
0: Let's go. We're wrapping up. Wait, 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 When did week one go better? I mean, what, what are we doing here? Like, what a week. I'm so happy. So
1: we're, we're wrapping up week one with the Eagles in first place. I don't know when it'll become official, but we will wrap up week 18 with them in first place oh, as well. I love it, buddy. Look,
0: let's, let's put it this way. You've been saying that a lot, and this time is the one I feel it the most, buddy. I'll tell you that Love one. it. Yeah, I love it. It feels like it certainly doesn't feel not possible. I'll tell you that much, Elliot. It does not. Well, I'm happy enough. to have Happy James back.
1: Oh. You, had, you had a tweet when you said you were walking around saying go birds. everyone. I you, t- you, swear all
0: my life that's what I did. I was walking. Oh, no, I college, believe it. Go birds. yeah. Oh, and, I, I, I I, only I added when I went
1: go birds, baby, to one person. So I was, I was <laughs> well, worried. Jack Fritz is just steaming somewhere. Yeah. But well, also.
0: You know, it's his loss. He's missing out. That's, that's his worst take.
1: I'm just happy you're in your happy place. You me know, me too, just man.
0: Me too, and and I'm happy that uh, you were right, man. And at least so oh, far, I'm happy too. One weekend, yeah. one weekend. No, victory honestly, I already, ups feel, yet. Vindicated. I I already know, feel vindicated. I already feel know, I know, but no, know. no victory ups yet. But one weekend, man, looking pretty prescient. Looking pretty good, buddy, and um. If
1: if they win the NFC East, I might take a literal victory <laughs> lap. Like I have to decide where to do it, but I literally might take a lap with like yeah, a, I was right. It,
0: we need to like bring you around the city with some sort of ring, and have people get down on their knees and kiss the ring, because it or would,
1: it, it would be deserved. Or Howard can kiss something else.
0: Hey, you know? uh, so. oh, buddy. I yeah, mean, yeah. like, let's just say, uh, on pace, because yeah. my man had three touchdowns today, and uh, the number is thirty-five, and um, those are good at math. Three times 17 is a lot more than 35, so. Uh, and it's 1 and 51, 0. I believe. Yeah. Right? So, Off the top of on, my head. So. On pace, buddy. On pace. All right. Uh, you got any final thoughts before we get out of here?
1: Literally one final thought, and then we'll move, we'll, we'll wrap up this victory pod. Shout out to everyone that traveled to Atlanta. Like I think sometimes in this profession, I take things for granted and having not gone on any road games last year, not seeing Eagles fans that traveled. It really is a super cool part of my job that like I walk around the city and there's Eagles fans and we talk football and just, I don't know. It just, I think cause I didn't do it last year. I really recognize it this year. So shout out to everyone that did it. The fans of Philly obviously killed it again. So another positive about the weekend.
0: That's super awesome, man. Shout out to everyone who went and uh, it's great to have that back. And, uh, my final thought is a, uh, a simple one, I think a poignant one, and uh, I think the perfect one after a 32-6 victory to start off the season in Nick Sirianni's first game as the head coach and Jalen Hurts' first game as the starting quarterback and in the first game of this season as they sit 1-0 alone in first place the NFC East, I say this with as much emphasis as I possibly can. Go, Birds! Mm-hmm. He's Adam James. We'll talk to you guys later.